This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Well, good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are studying through the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 38. We're starting this morning, starting in being in Genesis chapter 38. I think it's really important that you understand that this is one of those Psalms. This is one of those stories in the book of Genesis. I don't know why I keep saying Psalms. This is one of those stories in the book of Genesis that's just out of naturally when Joseph get sold into slavery into Egypt, the next chapter you would think it would start the story of Joseph in Egypt, but it doesn't. There's this interlude. There's this story that gets in place right at the start of his time in Egypt, and it's about his brother Judah and Judah's family. And anytime you have uh, something in scripture that seems wild, it seems different, it seems something that you just wouldn't expect to be what happens. Anytime you have that happen in scripture, you need to pay attention to it. You need to look at it. You need to open your eyes and say, okay, there's something new and different happening here. And I need to, uh, I need to explore this. And it is. And not only is it out of place or you wouldn't expect it to be the next thing in scriptures, but it is also, it's weird story. It's a different story. It's a unique story. And anytime you have that happen in scripture, boy, then you need to really focus in on what God's doing. Because if you, when God opens the the door for you to actually have a a story that doesn't seem to be biblical, actually, it's just one of those stories that you just say, what is going on here? This is it. And remember, Judah is the tribe in which Jesus comes from. He's the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. And David is from the line of Judah, and uh, so is Jesus. And so this story is about Jesus's line. That's the important thing you need to get out of that. And God is giving us an insight into how he works. And he's also given us an insight into a female or a woman's faith. And I think that's powerful also. It said, it came to pass at the time that Judah departed from his brothers and visited a certain Adulamite whose name was Hira. Notice that Judah leaves his brothers. He gets away from his brothers, which is actually not a bad thing because his brothers have caused him all kinds of problems. His brothers sold sold his brother Joseph into slavery into Egypt. And sometimes when you're involved in something that just is not right, and that's that's how we say it here in South Alabama, it just ain't right. And what happened there was it wasn't right. They sold their brother into slavery. And oftentimes, what does that cause? It doesn't cause the people to grow together in, in a cause. It causes them to separate and not want to be around each other. In fact, it causes them to pull away from each other and not want to have a relationship with each other anymore. And uh, oftentimes when you do things in the kingdom and you do things for God, that does draw you together. When you do things that are right and do things that are wholesome and do things that are positive, that pulls you together. But what happens is 
when you when you're involved in things that you shouldn't be involved in that you know you shouldn't be involved in oftentimes it causes a division that can't be fixed and the people that are involved in it especially those who know God and have a relationship with God are going to pull away and get away from it because they have such a grief and despair they have such condemnation in their heart they they do not want to be associated with whatever that cause or that situation is anymore and that's what you find happening here in this story what you find happening here in this story is that judah wants to get away he wants to escape he wants to run away from the situation at hand and he wants to to bring himself into a place where he is on his own and so what does he do he departs from his brothers and visits a certain adulamite whose name was hira and judah saw there a daughter of a certain canaanite whose name was shua now notice he still got a heart bent toward doing things that are outside of god's will he still wanders in his mind and he tries to get away from his brothers who are doing evil all the time. And what does he do? He ends up falling in love with a Canaanite. Now, if you've been through this Bible study with us through Genesis at all, you realize that God told Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, do not marry the Canaanite women. Do not have anything to do with them. And the reason he told them that is not because God's a racist, not because God hates certain groups of people. It's because the Canaanite religion, the Canaanite worship, was detestable to God. They, the worship involved prostitution, priestesses who prostituted themselves. It involved infant sacrifice, the sacrifice of children. It involved everything that God wouldn't want to have anything to do with. And he didn't want, he didn't want his people to be associated with that. He didn't want his people to have anything to do with those things. And so he married a Canaanite woman and she conceived, and notice we're going to get we're going to get his children from this Canaanite woman. It's going to be his children. It's going to be the children of Judah. So it says so. She conceived and bore a son, and he called his name Ur. Now there's a couple of things that are going on here. When we get to the end, you're going to see that God keeps the line of Jesus because remember Jesus is going to come from the line of Judah. He's going to keep the line of Jesus pure and not allow Canaanites to have anything to do with that line. But he's going to have to do it in a circuitous, different way. And that's another thing about God that I love. God is a God, uh, he doesn't do things always the same way. He's new every morning. In fact, his mercies are new every morning, and his work is new every morning. And so when God's at work and when God's doing things, you can bet that he's going to do things that shock you and surprise you. And the reason he's going to do things that shock you and surprise you is because he is more than you could ever imagine and more than you could ever understand. Now, he's not going to do anything that's outside of his will and his word, but he is going to do things that are inside of his will and his word that you've never seen before. And that's why we get to that, wow, look at that, that behold, wow, God does something new and different. And he does. He is doing a new and, and perfect work for the hour and the day and the times we live in. And he con she conceived, remember this is Shua, and he married her and went into her and she conceived and bore a son and he called his name Ur. And then she conceived again and bore a son and she called his name Onan. And she conceived yet again and bore a son 
and called his name Shelah. And it is Shelah. And he was at Chizib when she bore him. Now notice, all three of his sons are, are born. All three of his sons are named. Notice that Canaan does not name a single one of these sons. And not only does he not name any of these sons, none of the names of his son, these, these three sons, are given, the meaning of their names are not given in Scripture. I want you to notice that, that in the past, God has, whenever someone is born, <clears throat> someone in the line of God's promises, they're born. Anytime that happens, their name is given and oftentimes what their name means and the purpose for that name. Notice with, Cain, with Judah's three sons, none of them have a name that was a meaning. We don't know what the meaning of their names are. Now, you could probably look up and try to do some etymology and look through words in, in that area of the world and maybe figure out what their names mean. But the Bible does not give us an understanding of those names. And the reason is because those names have no significance. They have no importance. And in fact, you go, they're the sons of Judah. They're going to have importance. When you get to the end of the story, not really. They're not going to have importance. They're not going to be what they should be. Now, here is where, here's where we see our heroine or our hero. She is coming on scene in verse 6. It says, Then Judah took a wife for Ur. Now, remember, Ur was, that's Ur with an E, not Ur with a U. Judah took a wife for Ur. Judah picked out a wife for his firstborn son. And he chose a woman, and her name was Tamar. Notice, She's not a Canaanite. She's not, she's not one of those. She's not from his family, but she is not one of the Canaanites. She is, she's someone that is separate from them. And it says, but Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord killed him. Now, that's the ultimate end of what God's doing here in this story. God is not going to allow a wicked line to develop in Judah's line. He is not going to allow that to happen. And Ur, his firstborn, whose mother, by the way, is a Canaanite woman, and Judah operated and acted outside of the will of God in doing this. When he set her up as his wife, and when he had children with her, they were not going to be the children of promise. They were not going to be a part of God's plan. And the reason is because God told him clearly he told his fathers, and he told him clearly to not intermarry with the Canaanites. And this is going to be a theme throughout the Old Testament, that the Canaanites were to be a people that they had nothing to do with because they were actively choosing to do the things that were clearly not God. And so many times in the world that we live in today, there are people who have chosen with their lives to actively stand against the things that are God and to stand against the things that are clearly in Scripture. Now, does God redeem people out of that group? Sure he does. But while they are associated with that group, while they're continuing to be a part of that group, we're not to, we're not to have close personal relationships with them. We can love them. We can give them grace. We can give them mercy. We can give them hope and truth. But the truth is that we're not to we're not to intertwine our lives in any depth with them until we see the work of the Holy Spirit changing their hearts. Now, you'll run into people out there in the world 
who who seem like they are a part of the group that has just totally given over into depravity and they're not they just that's all they've ever known and uh, as you talk to them you begin to have that sense especially if you can if you can sense the holy spirit at work you'll have that sense that there's someone that god's beginning to redeem out of that and those are the people that you pour in god's love and mercy and grace and you help them see the grace that god's given them and you help them walk in that grace but the truth is there are those out there and especially those who are in leadership positions who've given their hearts and their minds totally over to what is depravity to what is the destruction of what is good and wholesome and godly in this world and when you deal with those people you're not to have anything to do with them we're not to get in close and get in tight with those people because they have set their course to destruction and it's eventually going to get there and i don't want destruction for anyone god would that none should perish but all should have eternal life but the truth is that many are going to choose the wide path and they're going to and that leads to destruction and Judah left his brothers because his brothers quite clearly were rebellious. And they were rebellious against their father, rebellious against God. They were selfish and self-oriented. But he didn't go too far away from what he was used to. And he settled down again in a situation that's ultimately going to lead to despair and ultimately going to lead to destruction and discouragement. He's going to do that. And the reason he's going to do that is because that's all he knows. And we need to be a people who are helping people try to figure out where they are in their life. And we, But we also need to realize that when people are just totally giving in to depravity, when they're not rejecting it, when they're not trying to repent from it, when they revel in it and act like they desire it wholeheartedly and want you to come and join them in it, you can't have anything to do with that. You got to stay away from that. You can give them hope and peace, but you cannot give them your time and you sure can't give them your fellowship. That's just not going to work. It's going to ultimately drag you back into that stuff. They'll, they, if they have any part of them that God is working on to bring them to repentance and to bring them to his kingdom, then you will sense that in the beginning. And your conversations won't be about the things that they're doing in their depraved mind, it'll be about spiritual things that they're trying to figure out. And so if that's what you're, if that's who you are and that's what you're doing, then go ahead and do it. Have those spiritual conversations. Have those conversations of life and hope. But uh, if that's not what's going on, if that's not what ha what's happening, then you're going to have to part company with them. It says that Judah, but Ur, Judah's firstborn, he was wicked in the sight of the Lord. And what did the Lord do? He killed him. He took him. He was wicked, not because of his mother being a Canaanite. He was wicked because he chose the things of depravity and the things of this world. And ultimately that led to destruction. And we're going to see that all of uh, Canaanite, all of Judah's seed that uh, were with this Canaanite woman, all of them are going to ultimately be destroyed because God's not going to God's not going to receive that. He's not going to accept that. He's not going to allow the things that he says not to do to take place with his people. And uh, he's not going to allow that with you either. He's either going to gently lead you back to where you ought to be or he might even use the rod to discipline you and get you back where you ought to be. That's what's going to happen with Judah. He's going to learn a lesson here. He's going to learn the truth here and God's going to bring about his purposes in his life. 
And what I'd say to you this morning is if God is leading you and guiding you away from certain situations and certain people, don't run to new situations that are trouble. Run to God's people and God's purpose and God's plan and leave those things behind. And you can. I've seen so many, especially young people, divorce themselves from situations and people like that and start over and start anew and start afresh with friends and godly people for godly purposes. And you know what always happens for them? They always end up in the middle of God's will. They all always end up with a newfound hunger for God's purposes and his truth. That happens a lot. They find that newfound hunger for it because they realize that the world is just has death and destruction all over it. And all of a sudden, their lives are different and new and powerful. And so I would say to you, if you find yourself in that situation where you're surrounded by depraved minds, extricate yourself, remove yourself from that situation and allow God to lead you back to his goodness and to lead you back to the people that are going to edify you, grow you and make you who you ought to be. And I promise you this, God will be right in the middle of that process and he will anoint it and he will make it powerful for you. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.